On this episode of the program, Ron DeSantis shakes up his campaign again. Will this one stick? I think it might, but to what end? Also, we watch the 2018 gubernatorial debate that effectively set up his entire career. It's all coming up. This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, Oh Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, and Craig. Everybody to the politics, politics, politics program for Friday, August 11th, 2023. Your old pal Justin Robert Young joining you here in Austin, Texas. I literally almost said South Florida because I've been thinking about Florida while working on this episode because it's all gonna be about Ron DeSantis, former candidate DeSantis. Things haven't been going well. And in fact, the one thing that's been called for has now happened. Ron DeSantis has changed campaign managers. Now, there's a lot of conversation around Ron DeSantis, and, and some of our favorite voices on this show, Bill Sher and Evan Scrimshaw, would be as one when they say that Ron DeSantis is an empty suit that got propped up by a very weird situation in Florida and was a beneficial second banana to Donald Trump. But now that he has stepped out on his lonesome, well, he finds out that it's pretty cold in the big city. I'm slightly more bullish on DeSantis, and I still do think that there are cards for which he has not played that makes him a a more credible alternative to Trump. I do believe that Ron DeSantis in another world could be saying things that he's kind of saying now. He's saying now that Donald Trump lost the election and he's a whiner for complaining about it while not actually doing something about it in terms of the mail-in ballot rulings that were made before the 2020 election. That's the kind of stuff I think I've said this on this show for months now. That's an issue. That if Ron DeSantis made it a wedge could credibly explain why he's different than Trump. And what you would desperately want Trump to do is explain these things. You want Trump explaining. Trump will explain his his mind frame and, and it's never great. You know, this is the 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 Jonathan Swan interview with Axios where he was making the faces Donald Trump is a, a a reactive thinker. He is not a cerebral thinker. And as we're going to get in with the debate prep a little bit later, Ron DeSantis is somebody that wants to be rattling facts off as fast as possible. So will that be Ron DeSantis's strategy going forward? We don't know, but we knew we do know that Genera Pack, his campaign manager that has overseen him lose about 20% on the 
on aggregate from where he was at the beginning of this year compared to Donald Trump and the rest of the GOP pack has now been replaced with James Uthheimer. That is his gubernatorial's office, chief of staff and trusted conservative advisor. While Peck will remain on as a chief strategist, she's faced, I think, deserved scrutiny after the campaign faltered and faced financial issues. Uthmeyer, known for his conservative stance and involvement in various controversial policies in Florida, is somebody who has significantly shaped the DeSantis brand. He's played a pivotal role in various policy decisions, including the handling of COVID-19 measures, redrawing congressional maps in the state, and legislative decisions on teaching sexual orientations in schools. These are three things that have very much built DeSantis as a figure nationally and, of course, statewide. David Polanski, an experienced Iowa operative, will also join as a deputy campaign manager and the campaign senior advisor, Ryan Tyson, will assume an elevated role. The decision... To restructure this campaign comes after a series of issues, including financial troubles that only became evident toward the end of the financial quarter, despite an impressive fundraising amount of $20 million. Following this revelation, the campaign witnessed multiple layoffs and controversies arose over inappropriate web ads created by its staff. The outgoing campaign manager, Peck, offered her resignation after facing criticisms, but that was declined because of Peck's close relationship with First Lady Casey DeSantis. Here's something else that we have heard by multiple people on this show. Casey DeSantis is not just a First Lady. She is a co-candidate. We are talking about a Bill and Hillary situation in terms of how much he values her. And so it is interesting to hear that it is Casey's influence that kept Peck on. Despite these hurdles, DeSantis' teams remains optimistic, emphasizing their commitment to winning the campaign and highlighting the loyalty of the people that have taken over these positions. So, is it over? No, it's not over. Um... It's certainly not over in terms of him salvaging something out of this campaign. He might not be the nominee, but he's got to at least be Ted Cruz. He's got to at least be somebody that is the last one standing that continues to fight because if he's not the nominee, and I think at this point, barring something very grim to Donald Trump's personal health, it does not appear that that is likely. Then what he needs to do is go back to Florida. Probably hope Donald Trump either. Actually, I don't know what would be better for DeSantis. Donald Trump winning or losing? Because if he loses, then he's probably going to run in 2028. too. he's going to keep running until he gets that last term or he dies. And then again, if he wins, then whoever Trump's vice president is will be the the lead dog for uh you know taking taking the position in 2028. And that would not be Ron DeSantis. They are not on the uh the kind of terms that you would imagine would lead to such an offer. But still Right now, the Ron DeSantis campaign is an embarrassment, and there's really no other way to put it. 
And you could say it's a candidate problem. You could say it's a campaign problem. But right now, everybody looks really, really dumb. Replacing the campaign manager is necessary. But also, at this point, you start to run out of bullets. You can't really replace the campaign manager twice. At that point, you have to wonder whether or not it is the engine that is driving this that is just unable to take that pressure. After the break, we are going to deep dive into the beginning of Ron DeSantis as a national figure, his fight against Andrew Gillum in the 2018 debate season. I got a lot of notes, a lot of negative, and one positive. I think he would be a very great debate partner. He could be successful in a debate. Not against Donald Trump, but against Gavin Newsom. That's all after the break. This is your update brought to you by TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Again, TakePoliticsSeriously.com. That is where, at the $3 level, you get two bonus episodes. If you want to hear about my reaction to the Issue 1 election that happened on Tuesday, the place to get that is our Patreon episode. I did a whole thing on that, so go ahead and check it out. If you are already a patron, then you probably already heard it. If you haven't, you can get it right now. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Three bucks a week. That's all it costs. For the price of a cup of coffee, you get two bonus episodes each and every week. And if you add up the running time of both those, it lasts you more, it lasts you longer, rather, than a cup of coffee. But here's the news. The Republican National Committee is trying to sell Trump on attending its yet-to-be-announced third debate. Now, no one is under the impression that he is going to attend the second debate. That is in Simi Valley, California, on September 27th. Because he hates the host, the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, and its chair, former Washington Post publisher Fred Ryan. So they're trying to figure out where that's going to be. Uh, The third debate. Second debate, it is what it is. It's going to be in front of the Air Force One thing. We've seen it before. Trump debated there back in... I can't remember if it was 2015 or 2016, but during the 2016 primary... I think it was one of the Jeb tries to bow up debates. Didn't go well for Jeb. But here's what I want to know. Where is the third debate going to be broadcast? Because Politico says that the second debate is going to be broadcast on Univision and Fox Business. So we have Fox News and Fox Business. At this point... We are running out of conservative places to do this. So I wonder, I wonder, we're running out of broadcast options on the conservative side. Makes you wonder whether or not you would see a digital option step up. Maybe... One of the big networks, podcast networks. Curious. 
Larry Ellison has put down an eight-figure donation to Tim Scott's Super PAC. Larry Ellison is the eccentric Oracle founder, somebody that had backed Trump in the past and, like many of Trump's big-egoed mega-donors, has since parted ways with the 45th president of the United States. Tim Scott is the it boy, but we talked about it on Wednesday. It is Vivek Ramaswamy that right now is in third place. So that's a spot you would think a Tim Scott would want to inhabit. But as of now, he is continuing to shrink into the background like everybody else. And that's your update. Take politics seriously. Dot com is where you need to go to get two bonus episodes each and every week for only $3 a week for less than the price of a cup of coffee. Head on over there right now. Take politics seriously. Dot com. You always know what your opponent's got to say. Because they've already told you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Ready? Are you ready? For oh, I know you guys gotta be looking forward to this. I was looking forward to doing this. It is Ron DeSantis debate prep. And I'm gonna give you guys a little uh a little confession I have. I've never watched Ron DeSantis debate. And I just realized that when I was finding this clip, which is crazy, I can't I can't really wrap my head around the fact why I, I, I haven't gone back and watched this debate because it's a fascinating one. Obviously, Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSantis. Once thought to be the heir apparent to Donald Trump. Donald Trump says, no, you cannot D.O. me off this stage. He is uh, the Chungus... And Andrew Gillum, the once anointed uh, Democratic megastar who came oh so close to beating Ron DeSantis in this election, fell just short and then fell way further in one of the most ridiculous only in Miami sex scandals that we have ever seen in politics. One in which he was passed out in a hotel room with a male hooker who went by the name Honey Hammock. But all that is in the future when we are talking about this moment. It's 2018. Gilliam and DeSantis are doing their final gubernatorial debate in Broward College. Another, another little tidbit that is straight, straight in my heart because... Broward College, formerly when I was living right next door to it, which I grew up right next door to it, was Broward Community College, BCC. It's since dropped the community. It's just Broward College. But there they were on stage. And it reminded me of a few things. Number one, that Ron DeSantis has always been born of controversy. The first question of this debate is about pipe bombs that were delivered to various different 
presidential, or sorry, uh, uh, national democratic politicians uh, uh, residences. And that's what begins a question about extremism. Here's DeSantis. I am Ron DeSantis. I'm a Iraq veteran, former prosecutor, and I am on a mission uh, to protect Florida's future. Uh, I was at the congressional baseball practice when a, a gunman uh, tried to shoot. Uh, my teammates did shoot Steve Scalise because he didn't like Republicans. And so uh, I know firsthand that when we start going down that road, uh, that could be very, very deadly. So I condemn that. I condemn what happened today. Obviously, we need to get the facts uh, before we jump to conclusions. Um, but I think it is important that we try to unify. Uh, and so my agenda has been, I think, something that the vast majority of Floridians can get behind. Number one, I want to keep our economic momentum going. I don't want to raise taxes like Andrew wants to do. I want to keep it going and build off the success we've had. I also want to protect the environment that Floridians enjoy. We all want to have clean water. We all know that that is the lifeblood of our state. And if we don't get that right, then Florida's future is in jeopardy. I want to protect education opportunities, including more vocational and technical training in our classrooms, because those are the jobs of the 21st century. And I also want to protect our communities, because you can have a good economy, good environment. If you don't have safe communities, uh, then a lot of that doesn't matter. Mr. So I will stand with law enforcement now, and make DeSantis, sure that we protect you. Florida's future. The same question. It's not a very comfortable answer. I didn't like it. it. It was fine in terms of the words if you were just to read it, but his delivery was terrible. He isn't making eye contact with the camera. He's looking at the audience. Big mistake. He is uncomfortable and he is most uncomfortable. I think the thing that DeSantis will get mocked the most for in this debate that's coming up at the end of the month is what he does with his face while other people are talking. And that's not a gigantic issue when there's eight people on stage. It will be a far bigger issue when people are attacking him directly, which will happen a lot. And when and if the debate stage shrinks especially if Donald Trump is in one of those boxes, it's going to look awkward. He's got ticks. He does a tongue thing. It's odd. Now, here he is being attacked by Gillum as being a racist demagogue. And DeSantis gets fired up. Andrew Gillum signed a pledge with a radical group, the Green Dream Defenders, to sign up for a radical manifesto that attacked our police officers, that said they have no place in justice, that said they should be defunded. He signed a manifesto that said the U.S. was the biggest bully in the history of the planet and that we should take money out of our military. This same group that he stands with and stands by uh, attacks the state of Israel for boycott, divest, and sanction. They say Israel's a genocidal apartheid state. So you want to Talk about division. It doesn't get more divisive than the Dream Defenders. And to this day, Mr. Andrew Gillum has much. not Mr. condemned Gillum, the wanna, Dream Defenders. I'm going to give you a chance to talk yeah, about I, that I, pledge I, you signed. I, with the I, I think it's only appropriate. Mr. DeSantis in the last debate lied 21 times. 21. Woof. Oh, trust me. If that's awkward in audio, it's even more awkward in video. He does not look comfortable on stage. And again, the words he's saying are fine. They're okay, but he has a hard time connecting. And I cannot tell you how odd it is when he either grinds his teeth or does a, this tongue thing and kind of like kind of sticks a little bit of his tongue. Uh, it's it just, it's, it's not natural. It is not natural. So here he is doing the first thing that I think was good in this debate. 
it is hammering Gillum for being corrupt. And, and if you remember this, uh, Andrew Gillum had a lot of things swirling around him about corruption in Tallahassee, whether or not he was under investigation by the FBI. Gillum said the FBI told him he was not under investigation, but between two debates, there was a revelation that Andrew Gillum did indeed accept a Hamilton ticket from an undercover FBI agent who was investigating him for corruption. So this is DeSantis drilling down on Gillum and hammering him for corruption. Well, when I worked with the FBI, I was doing it as a prosecutor to bring people to justice. When Andrew is dealing with the FBI, he's dealing with an undercover agent as a person of interest and investigation. Now think about what he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that he's not under investigation. Why would an undercover FBI agent posing as a contractor give him a $1,000 ticket to Hamilton? And so he was asked a question by me, did you pay for it? He was indignant. He says, I'm a grown man. I pay for my stuff. He lied the other day. The text messages show he knew it came from Mike Miller, who he didn't know was an undercover FBI agent at the time, but now we know that. He also didn't tell the truth about the junket he took um, in Costa Rica. Right, well, here, let me just finish this one no, thought. Have, it's one thought, because this is why it's important. Just here, this is why it's important, because the lobbyists who funded that, your time, he sir, gave a $2 million dollar contract to, to, to build a restaurant. I will advise you, Mr. Sanders and Mr. Gillum, if you talk over me when I'm trying to stop you, nobody can hear you. Now, this is actually pretty good, in my opinion. And it brings up a very odd trait for DeSantis. He's at his best when he's doing something that's normally unnatural to a lot of debaters. What you would think of as classical debaters. Classical debaters want to speak very slowly and make big points. They don't want to. You are trained not to talk fast and try to give too much information. And yet DeSantis is kind of at his best when he's doing it because he appears he's able to. It's pretty clear that DeSantis is a smart guy, but he has classic smart guy problems where he's frustrated when he can't say the thing that he wants because he's thought so much about saying it. Still, when he's able to get these combos off, they're pretty good. In fact, the person I would compare Ron DeSantis the most to is Richard Nixon. He is genuinely frustrated by conversation that he finds to be unfair or reductive. And he's at his best when in his own mind, he is stringing together coherent facts that are intelligently getting through to the audience. He wants to put together a story with beats. He doesn't want you to feel it. He's not a charisma liability, but he, but it isn't his strength. And that ultimately is Richard Nixon. Let's, let's remember that Richard Nixon's career was built on him refuting a bank statement, the checker speech, if you're not aware, is a controversy where Richard Nixon was uh, thought to have been operating with too much money from political donations, that he was getting undue gifts. So he goes on television and he very calmly refutes this bank statement. And I don't know how boring it was for everybody back in the 50s. But it's boring now, except for one part, which is genuinely amazing. And that is Richard Nixon saying, I'm not giving back one gift. And it's a dog. 
a dog named Checkers. Want to know why? Because my kids love the dog. Richard Nixon found humanity through a bank receipt. And that's the kind of stuff that Ron DeSantis is going to have to do if he wants to connect to people. Because like Richard Nixon, connection isn't natural for Ron DeSantis. Here's Ron on taxes. What Andrew is proposing, these massive tax increases, those are some of the very people that will be hurt the most. Uh, I started off making six bucks an hour. It was a job that I needed to get through school. I did multiple jobs. Uh, under Andrew's plan, I would not have had a job. I would have made zero dollars an hour. Businesses will leave the state. People will lose jobs and will stop people from investing in Florida. It would be a historic mistake. What I'm going to do is I'm going to welcome more investment in Florida. And when I'm elected, people will know Florida is going to continue to have a low tax climate. We're going to be open for business. And here's what Andrew's not telling you. He has a history of raising taxes. Property tax increase as mayor, very stiff increase. Property tax increase as a commissioner in Tallahassee, even though he voted to give himself tens of thousands of dollars in additional retirement benefits. And now he's proposing a 40% tax increase, which is going to devastate folks. But the JMI study, nonpartisan, said if you add up all of Andrew's spending proposals, the only way you could possibly pay for it is either do a 38% statewide sales tax or to, yes, impose a state income tax. Now, Mr. he DeSantis, ain't going to tell you he's going to do that, but thank he has you, a history of raising it. taxes, and sir, he's got proposals again, he can't afford. I, will, uh, I, I feel like, because you talked about Mr. Gilman's plan, before we get to the next question, I'll give you 30 seconds to talk about your plan. Can I get 45? I mean, the congressman has I don't want to no- negotiate. Now, this is a good answer, but again, he really succeeds more when he's jamming nine things into one sentence. Something that I cannot underline enough is very odd because it's something that would be beaten out of you if you were a career politician. Now, I'm going to take this moment to move off to say it just for a second because I want to talk about Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum feels like a Pokemon evolution. Of Obama. And in 2018, we are still very close to that era of Obama wannabes trying to see if they can step up to the big leagues. John Ossoff does an Obama impression, and Andrew Gillum does an Obama impression right down to the uh, you, you can hear the uh, that Obama uh, Michelle. Like, like that that thing, that tick, Gillum's got it. But he's bigger. He kind of looks like 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 a Deion Sanders sort of physique. It's like a larger, smooth, omnisexual Obama. That being said, and you heard it in that last clip, when he's complaining about the timing, he sounds like a whiner. And that's the one thing that a charismatic person can't be because you are taking away from the gift that people give you, and that is trust. If you're smooth, you're trusted because you're confident. People react to confidence. If you are, but you got 30 seconds, but he got 30 seconds, then you are lowering yourself in status, at least in my opinion. It's a bad look. Well, education has been the center of DeSantis controversies throughout his governorship. Here he is talking about schools. This time it's about charter schools. 
Well, Andrew's singing a different tune because in the Democratic primary, he said charter schools would be done. And here's my thing. They're public schools. They're not district-managed schools, and so they have the ability to innovate and, and be a little more nimble. And these are parents who are making the decision to send their kids to these schools, and some of them are succeeding. I mean, you know, the Renaissance Middle School here locally is one of the best-performing schools. Uh, you look at the performance has been positive. Um, you have minority achievement gap is narrowing in some of these schools. So all I want is results. I think public Public education is very important. I'm a product of Florida public schools, but I don't think public education is synonymous with the legacy bureaucracies. I think parents, teachers, and students are the heart of it, not the bureaucrats. That's who I want to empower, and I'm on a mission to get vocational and technical training back into our schools, particularly in the high schools. We can partner with local industries and give them good opportunities for jobs. Sorry. Look, Ron's a slow starter, but I will say that the longer that this debate went on, the better he got. That being said, again, it's feast or famine on high-density information answers. If he does that, he feels confident he doesn't get rattled. If he isn't able to talk, and let's point out that in an eight-person debate, he's going to be interrupted a lot. That frustration can, and I do believe, will build in him in this debate. He's going to really, really, really have to have release valves mentally for himself to stay on target because I don't think he's going to be able to rattle this stuff off without being shouted down, especially by somebody like Chris Christie. Here's DeSantis on immigration. Well, look, I mean, I have to see what my options are, but, but here's what I would say. Andrew says there's no sanctuary cities in Florida, and, and that may be true. But that's going to change if he's governor. I mean, he will support sanctuary cities. He said he will not cooperate with Donald Trump's ICE. Uh, and that, to me, is just absolutely outrageous. I mean, he hates Trump so much. He's political posturing that if we have a criminal illegal that serves a prisoner sentence and there's an ICE detainer on that individual so that we can get them in federal custody and send them home, Andrew doesn't want to, he won't commit to cooperating. I will cooperate. I will get that, that criminal out of, our, out of our state and out of our country. And here's the thing. Why would you allow your dislike for the president to knowingly put communities at risk, to have mothers who may have their sons or daughters harmed by somebody? That is just wrong. We have to protect Floridians DeSantis, first. Thank you and very that's much. what I'll do as to governor. Be, to be clear, that was a question. All right. I, I want to get into this because this is something that I do think is a natural strength for DeSantis. He is obviously a meticulous planner. He knows what he wants to attack. And he's got pretty good instincts on why those things are vulnerabilities for his opponent. And in this debate, he is a lockjaw when it comes to attacking Gillum. And he's got more facts, unsurprisingly, whether or not they're real, leave it to yourself. These are political designations. He's bringing up examples of why Gillum sucks more than what Gillum is saying of DeSantis. And that's going to become clear in a second. Ron is relentless to the point of inhumanity, but it's not ineffective. And I want to play this series of clips because I think that it's a pretty effective moment. Here's DeSantis pointing out why it matters that Florida doesn't have sanctuary cities or that Gillum is wrong to say that he will not cooperate with ICE. Mr. DeSantis, 30 seconds to you. 
So he says if someone's here illegally, they commit a crime, they should go through the justice system, obviously. But what he will not commit to is once they've served that sentence, say you're convicted of child molestation, you're here illegally, you've served your sentence, state prison, are you going to hand them over to ICE or not? He will not commit to doing that. That means that child molester convicted gets released back on the streets after serving the sentence. And guess what? That child molester will reoffend, and someone's son or daughter in Florida will end up paying the price. It's true. Shame it's on true. you. The truth hurts. That, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm this, sorry. Is, this is too important a claim. See what I'm talking about? With, with the, DeSantis needs that combo. He needs that combo. He needs the space to say, here's what a sanctuary city is. Here's what ICE is. Here's what a criminal is. And Andrew Gillum's going to get your kid molested. <laughs> when we talk about television debates being competitive commercials, that's a great example of one. Boom, boom, boom. We can agree that this means this. We can agree with that this means this. We can agree that this means this. And that's why Andrew Gillum's going to get your kid molested by an illegal alien. Boom, 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 boom. And I want to play you the full back and forth that happens after this. Gillum is very smooth and charismatic, but he puts himself in an, a, a very, very, very bad strategic position because he goes back on his campaign promise that he will not cooperate with ice. He then moves into a desperate position with general attacks on honesty and DeSantis rips him right back. Listen to this Florida crowd. We're going to break everything down here in a second. Shame on you. The truth hurts. I'm sorry. This is this is too important a claim. Uh, and again, it's consi it, it, it is consistent with the way in which has run his campaign. Uh, and in my opinion, uh, first of all, that would never happen. If you commit a crime like that, you will be deported from the United States. You will cooperate? We will absolutely cooperate with any federal order that comes down uh, into this state and into any county because that's the law of the land. But more importantly, when you're running for governor, the first thing you ought to have to do is to level honestly with the people. You've got ads on television that are completely false. They've been ranked completely false. How can we expect you to be honest with the people of the state of Florida if not here on this stage? You can be honest with them about my record or or your record. You're disqualified, in my opinion, from the office of governor. Mr. DeSantis. Andrew's the one who lied to the people of Florida on Sunday night about accepting a gift from an undercover FBI agent. He's the one who lied. About the Costa Rica luxury trip. He's the one who was with the lobbyists. He's the one who did all this. And now the documents come out. They show he was lying. And now he's trying to say he apologizes. He's just apologizing because he got caught. He's not apologizing because he did anything wrong. No, no, no. I will ask again if we would stop the applause. Go ahead, Mr. Gill. Now I think we can hear you. I mean, unfortunately, the theatrics are on full display. Mr. DeSantis could calm down. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Uh, and let's just talk about what the truth of the matter is. If he wants to talk about receipts, not a Hamilton ticket, but $145,000 of taxpayer money, why won't you release those receipts? Where is the evidence of where you went and how our money was spent to be a junket for you to go to New York and hang out in faux news and friends? We'll let you answer that and then we'll move on. So. 
both Andrew and I have received money to travel with the federal government. The difference is I received my money legally and through my congressional office to travel from Florida to Washington and back again for six years, twice a week. Andrew got travel money from the federal government because it was from an undercover FBI agent who was investigating him for corruption. Release the receipts. It's, simple. it's that simple. My receipts are public. My, my receipts have been made public. Uh, Mr. DeSantis, unfortunately, has still refused to make public his receipts. We're talking I about think, a couple of hundred Mr. dollars compared to $145,000. I believe Mr. DeSantis has pointed out that those records are available. They are not available, and he has yeah. refused to release them. That is the fact. Six years worth of congressional travel. Every single member of Congress in fact. Florida does the same Gentlemen, thing. Hundred percent legal. I would like he to didn't do on. it. He violated the, the law. It's a big, big difference. I, I know what's right, and I follow the could. law. And Mr. DeSantis, I'm going to direct this next question to you. This is huge. This is huge. The back and forth made Gillum talk way more about stuff that he doesn't want to talk about, namely honesty. A reminder that rumors were swirling at this moment that Gillum was under federal investigation. Honesty is his biggest weakness. He's more likable than DeSantis. He is his party was in more momentum than DeSantis. Florida wanted a Democratic governor and it had Republican governors for a very long time. This was his moment. But you can't spend time on the places that you're weak. And this is where charismatic people all think, politicians specifically, when you get overconfident, you think you're Bill Clinton. And you think that, no, 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 let's talk about honesty as much as you want. Bill Clinton was a slick operator. I can be a slick operator. You ain't. You're not Bill Clinton. The longer you talk about comparing honesty, when you know that that's your biggest weakness, the more you are inviting people to not trust you. And DeSantis gets him to spend minutes asking the audience himself to compare who's more honest. That is awful. It's a very bad moment for Gillum. It's a very good moment for DeSantis. And considering how close this election was, it might well have been a critical own goal that DeSantis goaded him into. Last clip here, DeSantis is asked about racist statements that he has made. On live TV in August, on the first day of the general election campaign, you said of Andrew Gillum's run for governor, quote, the last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by embracing a socialist agenda. Fox News quickly disavowed your words, saying, quote, they do not condone the language. Now, you called some of this response absurd. You've made appearances at four of David Horowitz's Freedom Center events, again, four separate times, four speeches, among some of Mr. Horowitz's statements, quoting here, this country's only serious race war is against whites. You know, I'll ask the questions. Okay. It's not a McCarthy game, and I, I'm giving it, yeah. wait for the question, okay. sir. Okay. He also said, if blacks are oppressed in America, why isn't there a black exodus? Now, in 2015, in your speech before the Freedom Center, you said of Mr. Horowitz, David has done such a great, a great work, and I've been an admirer. I've been to these conferences in the past, and I've been a big admirer of an organization that shoots straight, 
tells the American people the truth and is standing up for the right thing. Those are his words. Here's my, here's my question. He had not even did. made those statements then. Uh, yes, he had, sir. The first statement was made uh, many well, how, years ago. I mean, how the hell am I supposed to know every single statement somebody makes? Here's the deal. Let me just say this. Let me just say this straight up. Uh, you know, I've lived my life, whether it's athletics, whether it's military, whether it's serving as a prosecutor. You know, when I was downrange in Iraq, we worked together as a team, regardless of race. We had the American flag on our arm. We wore the same uniform, and we fought for the country. When I was a prosecutor, I stood up for victims of every race, color, and creed. That's the only way to do it in our country. It's something I believe in, and as governor, I will represent all the people. Everyone will get a fair shake, but I am not going to bow down to the altar of political correctness. I'm going to not let the media smear me like they like to do with so many other people. Sir, I'm certainly not going to right take there. anything from Andrew Gillum, who's endorsed the Dream Defenders, which says Israel is an apartheid state and, and which says the police that, and prisons have no place right in justice. Mr. Gillum, wait for the applause. And I, and Mr. DeSantis, I'll point out, I wish you would have waited for the question because I had a question and it's not what you think it is. Mr. Gillum, I'll give you a chance to this is straight out of the Trump era playbook in not taking these kinds of questions seriously. When I tell you that for a Republican audience, these questions are like ecstasy. And I mean that in terms of the emotion and the drug. They love them because they don't believe that conservatives have gotten a fair shake with questions like this. And the moderator's even upset because he seems to, he's like, no, I was going to ask something else, but you interrupted me. Still, getting fired up and explaining why he's not racist and why the question is ridiculous, that is catnip. And while it may or may not have won him this election, I do think that comments like this are part of the attitude that has connected him so emotionally with so many people in Florida. So my final thoughts, Ron DeSantis is a pretty classic overstudier. I think he's got a lot of liabilities in a multi-person debate. I don't think he's a particularly great debater. I think that he has a very interesting style that could, could create a viral moment. That's the best case scenario with Trump not on the stage is for him to create a viral moment where he absolutely eviscerates somebody else. He eviscerates a Chris Christie. That's that's the best. In fact, if I were the DeSantis debate team, I would be looking very closely at how I could get a, a big viral moment in destroying Chris Christie. He would be target number one for me. But overstudiers get murked by Donald Trump. Overstudiers are Trump's food. They are Diet Coke and KFC to Donald Trump because Donald Trump is not even really charismatic. He is reactive. And you can have a million different versions of the best thing to destroy Trump and the second you get it off, he's just going to call you gay and everyone's going to laugh. That's just who he is. It doesn't even really need to make sense. So I'm down on DeSantis in a multi in, in, in debate scenarios. And if you're telling me 
that he's got to have a good debate to resurrect his campaign. Boy, it's not looking good in my opinion. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, 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 written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. Our show was edited by Brett Stewart. If you want to email me, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You want to find me on Twitch, it's px3live. You want to share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy, you can do so at px3podcast.com. Support me with a one-time donation. PayPal.me slash PayJury. Venmo is Justin-Young-20. And Cash App is PX3Cash. You want to send me anything in the mail, it is P.O. Box 1531-84, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course, you can always get our bonus content at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 here, get you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And our $10 tier get your name right at the end of the podcast like these five folks at the Titanic. Ten. Dollar tier. Jason, Andres, Matt, John Gross, Edwin, C. Garcia, Matthew T. Elbasso, John, Craig Potts, MC Dradio, Unsafe DB Levels, Bugs Life, Neemeister, Amanda, Yield, Pinball Shop, DP4, Bungo, Catherine, Todd, and Vocoria Young for King of the New World Order, Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA, Select Start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris Arslanian, Blue Front and the Lenina, DL, Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Molly's Dashing Debut, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul, is awesome. Brad Richard, just another pilot. Middle-aged Mike who loves Frank got abducted. Utah Jimmy Montana, the Gen A-L-D-L-D-L-D. Really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua. You want your name read at the end of the show? Only one place to do it. Take politics seriously. Dot com. Hey, if you're at DEF CON this weekend, uh, come by the Hack 5 booth. Say hi. That's where I'll be. For the rest of the yins. First Steeler preseason game on Friday, too. See how that offense looks. I'm all gassed up, brah. Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares discuss all three. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.